We're sitting in Piazza Grande in Locarno and we were here just a few hours ago, weren't we? Watching Manila in the Claws of Light, the Lena Broca 1975 film. And Richard, that must have been quite special for you because you're from the Philippines, now based in the UK, and you know this film. You, you've uh, written about it as well, I think. Yeah, it was a very special experience because I think this was the biggest audience the film had ever. The Piazza Grande is such a big venue, and in the Philippines we don't have a venue like this there. And it was a very special experience because you can see other people react and respond to the film in a different way. And more than 40 years having passed, I think the film is still very relevant. And I suppose this is something that people already know, but. Manila, this film by Lino Broca is often considered as the greatest Filipino film ever made and it's quite hard to question that because when I saw the film last night it still had that power to move me and its depiction of social realism that is still very much relevant and pertinent to the situation today in the Philippines. So without giving too much away about the plot, it's portraying basically a urban migration, isn't it? It's a, a young man, Julio, who's from the, the southern provinces, moves to Manila to follow a girl that he loves, but then he starts working and we see the really gritty realism, I suppose, of being a, a construction worker. Yeah, basically that's the plot of the film, but if you've seen the film, there's more to it than that. I think Broca was very good at providing this very palpable social context, like what drove Julio Madiaga, the main character, to go to Manila. And it's not just about the romance, not just about the girl he wants. It's mostly about improving his life, following his dream or whatever. It's more of feeling the hopelessness in the provinces and Find, hoping to find that hope in Manila and sadly and unfortunately he was drawn more to the difficult sides of living in the city because just to provide context it was released in 1975 and it was the time of the regime of President Marcos it was a time of martial law martial law was proclamated in 1972 and it was a time of social unrest there's a lot of activism on the streets, people were really poor. And I think Broca was very wise in the sense that the film was able to pass the censors without cuts because the film does not deliberately connect the poverty with the political situation. But as you can see, if you're very, I mean, I'm sure people who are smart enough can really sense that he's driving this point of the political situation in the country that is affecting mostly the poor working class Filipinos. Yeah, he, I suppose he, he gets at that through strong characterizations, doesn't he? We, we get to know this ensemble of, of characters, they're, they're workers from different areas, I assume, living together in really difficult conditions. Is there um, autobiography in this from Rocco himself? The film is adapted for the screen by Clodoaldo del Mundo. He's a famous screenwriter in the Philippines from a novel by Edgardo Reyes, the same title. and. The good thing about the film is 
many of the plots were not really in the book. For example, the gay brothel scenes. I think Broca took liberty of of showing showing some aspects of Manila that are not in the novel just to update it and made sure that it flows well into the narrative and you know just just to, just to has that freedom and I think one of his statements is being able to to be free in your work and something that is not just about the author it's more about in the service of, of the society and just 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 a bit of context it was shown in 1975 and surprisingly it fared well at the box office and it was also shown commercially in France and the UK and for something that is so you know something very political and very socially conscious I think it's a big accomplishment I think most national cinemas are geared towards mainstream entertainment the genres and there are many poor Filipinos in the Philippines that like to watch films for escape you know for entertainment this is not something that you'd like to see after a day's work you know mm. so so and the irony of it is the film is about the poor working class and i don't think the poor working class people of that time were really able to see the film right is it true that because in the film the construction site they're building something and i have a feeling that they're building a film festival which is with perfect that we're sitting in the middle of a film festival right now but i think if that is the case, it really drives home this point you're making about the difference, the division between the construction workers and their socio-economic situation and then maybe the type of audiences that will be at that film festival. It, it, was it uh, Imelda Marcos that began the festival? Imelda Marcos is a strong supporter of the arts. Unfortunately, <laughs> she's the wife of a very terrible dictator. So there's that, okay, will you work with someone in the arts who, who pushes you to make art films while also being aware that he's doing very terrible things towards people and there's this building called the Manila Film Center that was constructed at that time and many workers died in it because of poor conditions and it's always the poor people who suffer and as you can see in the film they don't have safety things while they're working surprisingly again Broca was able to go past the censors but in the film you can see a lot of images that are very strongly political and I think it's a testament to his skill and talent. It was interesting, yesterday for me, I saw this film right at the end, it was a very late screening, and earlier in the afternoon, um, I don't know if you caught this film as well, but A Land Imagined, there is a Singaporean film the director, Yo Siu Hya, had a lot of parallels, I think, with this film, with migrant workers coming from different parts of South Asia and, and working in Singapore. And also, you see many accidents on site, which, of course, is a big thing in Broca's film as well. As you can see, diaspora and labor diaspora is a very strong subject for people from the third world countries because they tend to sacrifice being away from their family in exchange for going to another country or going to another city just to find work because of, you know, just to have decent salary. And it's a common narrative and themes from, especially from Manila, because there are many Filipinos who would prefer being separated from their families just to be able to find work. Like in the film, Julio is a fisherman from the village and I think he's happy with his life there, but because of the woman he likes, he pursued life outside the town. and. 
Yeah, it's, it's more of a financial thing, but it's beyond it. There are other factors playing into diaspora and thing. I think Broca is a humanist on one hand, but on the other, he's also very concerned about providing this rich social context and environment for his characters, because I don't think you'd be able to really get to know them very much without setting them in this kind of cruel environment where, where he lives in. And it's something that informs the narrative a lot. Could you talk a little bit about Broca's other films? Because he made a great deal of films, didn't he? There's kind of 50 or so on his filmography. I think Broca is the most popular Filipino filmmaker, and I think he deserves it. It's more of like the international festivals are very focused on his artistic works, quote-unquote. But the, what they are not telling people is that Broca is really a mainstream director. He started in theatre. He has a very strong theatre background. But when he started making films, he did many of these genre movies to make money, of course, because you need money to make other films. Like you said, he made like 50 or 60 films in his entire filmography in maybe 20 or 30 years, and that's a lot of film, and most of the films that get featured in festivals, it's also important to put him in context that he was able to make these films because he's also doing mainstream films. He's also doing this entertainment fair things, and I think it's important because you kind of see how the industry works. You can't just make artistic films because you won't be able to make money, you won't be able to get support from people because you'd be going against the government most of the time. And I think it's something that attests to his filmmaking skill is that he can work on both sides of the coin in the sense that, yeah, he can make dramas and comedies for the masses, but on the other hand, it's not like his sacrificing his vision for something. You can maybe see Brocha's ability to move between genre within this film as well. Because some of the scenes are like documentary or maybe could also think about Italian neorealism, looking at workers' lives and the gestures and the physical labor of what they're doing. And then on the other hand, he seems to move effortlessly and even in the same scene into high melodrama or really quite musical or comedic moments. I suppose it, that's the reason why it took a while for like foreign programmers to pick it up. It's because it's not very conventionally structured. It's not something that follows a three-act structure in a way that foreign audiences are very familiar with. But I think it also reflects a very Filipino culture. You know, I mean, our life isn't really just one genre. The first time you see Ligaya Paraiso, the girl he's in love with, you see her in flashbacks. Not in a very straightforward manner, it's quite poetic. I think genre is a big thing in the Philippines because these are the films that make money. I think the more important aspect of the film, more than the money, is how it influenced a lot of filmmakers who saw the film during that time, who saw the film after it was released, because it had such a strong impact in terms of how people are made aware of the situation at the time. Is Lav Diaz, right, who's, who talks a lot about Broca as uh, an influence? Yeah, Lav Diaz, who won the big prize here in Locarno two or three years ago, is very vocal about this specific film 
influencing him to be a filmmaker. He told me that he saw this film during the time and it had made such a big impact on him that he wanted to be a filmmaker after it. But Love Diaz started as a writer, so somehow I think he developed into a very socially conscious filmmaker after seeing this film. They have di very different styles, but somehow you can feel the spirit of being connected with the working class, of being politically aware of the situation, that you can use film as a very powerful tool to inform people about the inequalities in society and also about being very vocal against terrible precedent, terrible, you know, the country. And I think that's the spirit that many of the filmmakers that came after Broca had, that power to express what you think, even they don't go with the present government. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And I'm thinking about the way that both, both Diaz and Broca work within certain confines. So in Broca's case, you know, it passed the censor laws, but they're also doing something pretty political in the formal yeah. aspects of the film or in, yeah, in, in crossing genre or something like duration can be read as something really uh, political as well. And Broca is some sort of turning point in Philippine cinema because people often discuss Broca in terms of a pre-Broca phase in Philippine cinema and a post-Broca phase. And for some reason when Broca died in the early 90s, people got obsessed with the idea of who would follow his footsteps. And it's such a childish way of looking at things, but I kind of understood it because no one made similar films as him, but many were making films about, you know, what's, what's happening in the society, but they turn out differently. I mean, because Broca is a different person. He's an activist. And you can see in his films, at least in the art house ones, how strongly he feels about the working class about being affiliated with them. He went to the streets to protest, he joined many organizations, he led many speaking engagements, and he feels very strongly about the role of film in making people aware of the things happening. And I think that's the spirit, that's the biggest legacy he had to us. Film is not just a film, you know, it, it, it went beyond you know, entertainment or being able to be satisfied while watching the film. It's intersectional. It's a restoration that we saw, isn't it? And the, the color was quite remarkable. The reds really, really pop. The, I mean, it, yeah, and the, I thought, the, the sound is pretty rich as well. I, I think it's the best quality we can have, but it also reflects the situation in, in Philippine cinema. The government is not very concerned with restoration or archiving. It was a very good copy. I feel like it could have been better, but yeah, it, it's a good thing that these things get shown in these festivals, you know. I mean, it's a good start, <laughs> at least just, just to make people aware that we're making good films. And I hope it's the beginning of something that we can find other things to, you know, restore as well, which are also as good. But the problem is, you know, the state of the reels of the copies of the films are all, we're not sure if they're as good as this. And Criterion put it with his other, I suppose, the film he's most famous for, Inxiang, um, on a DVD this year, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's I think released. I think, yeah, I think it's a good thing that this screening coincided with the release of the Criterion collection of this film. Because, as we all know, Criterion is such a big company and many people subscribe to it. And it's a good 
introduction to Philippine cinema as well. And it's something that we value a lot. I think many people know about Philippine cinema, but they don't have access to it. it it's always a distribution problem and accessibility problem. Like people are curious about what films we make. I'm privileged because I know these filmmakers. I know people who can give me copies of films, but not everyone's like me who can just, you know, just if they want to see this film, they can just watch it. But I think this is a good start because at least it can enliven people or encourage people to, you know, seek out. And maybe like people would risk to invest in this because it's it's expensive. I mean, let's face it, it's expensive to invest in these things. And yeah, I hope so.